Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. How's my voice doing, Stephen? How am I doing, man? Come on, uh, lay it on, lay it on me straight. It's it's okay. <laughs> it's not my best, is it? I've heard worse, <laughs> but yeah, it's not great. We'll see how it holds up over three hours. Here to help with it, Andy Patton. He hosts a podcast called Locked on the Zags. He's all over Gonzaga basketball, and he's joining us. Andy, thank you for making time for us. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Let me let me just bounce this off you. There's so much noise out there right now, so much chatter involving Gonzaga. Where do you think that is stems from, or you know, are you surprised by the amount or the volume of chatter about Gonzaga right now? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, it's one of those things where they've always known. It's, it's been a long time that they've been kind of above the WCC in terms of you know being the number one team in the conference for for many many years, outperforming the rest of the conference, but. Until the recent moves, you know, Texas and Oklahoma a few years ago, of course, UCLA and USC, I think that there wasn't a lot of kind of chatter around conference realignment in general. Once that happened, Gonzaga immediately got tossed out there. But as a non-football school, it is a little surprising to see their name tossed out there so much just because all of the other movement that is happening is really being driven by football and media markets. And Gonzaga obviously doesn't have a football team. Spokane's not a huge media market. So it is a little surprising to see their name out there as much as it is. But the brand is, you know, it speaks for themselves from a college basketball perspective. I don't blame them for kicking the tires. I mean, they got they should do what's in their best interest and look around. But there are some questions that come with it. Let's start with the WCC. Uh, they've got a pretty nice gig there. Now, again, they've got St. Mary's to contend with. You know that, Andy. But give us an idea of what standing they have in the conference and how that benefits Gonzaga. Yeah, well, they, they about four years ago, five years ago now, I guess, there was rumors that they were going to look at the, the Mountain West, and the Mountain West schools had allegedly voted unanimously to accept Gonzaga into the conference, and at that time the WCC appeared to make some concessions which allowed Gonzaga to make a, a bigger piece of the, the pie in terms of how much money they're getting from, from the NCAA tournament. They were getting an equal share as everybody else and felt that that wasn't entirely fair considering how much work they were doing. And so I think they have a pretty good deal with the WCC. They got a good chunk of money. Uh, the conference in a way kind of caters to them and their needs, but with this, with the conference about to lose BYU, uh, that's a big loss for them in terms of, a, you know, two marquee games every year in the regular season, a marquee game in the WCC tournament, a high profile opponent. And so I think they're starting to get a little itchy, a little antsy, uh, but at the end of the day, looking at what they're getting out of the WCC, you know, as Gloria Navarro said uh, in the recent conversation with you, she mentioned this this team can make the championship from the WCC. It's not a debate. It's not a we think they can. They've done it. They've done it twice. So there's proof that they're capable of doing that. So at the end of the day, they're going to have to find a situation that is clearly better than what they have in the WCC. And while a lot of fans think, oh, that situation is, you know, easily going to be better somewhere else, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. 
Yeah, I think uh, I'm with you there. I, I think you've got to tread lightly and be prudent and do your diligence. Uh, we're talking to Andy Patton, Locked on Zags co- uh, podcast, uh, covers college sports and uh, the NFL, among other things. But, Andy, um, you know, let's talk for a little bit about, you know, the program. What is going on mm-hmm. this season? Have they taken a step backwards? Is it St. Mary's? Have they surged forwards? Is this the loss of Tommy Lloyd? What are we seeing on the court this season? I think it's a little bit of all of that, quite honestly. I think that anytime you have to go into another season without Chet Holmgren, without Andrew Nembhard, two players who were instrumental to that team's success last year, it's hard to replace. And I think Gonzaga was hoping to have a little bit more from some of the younger players than they've gotten from them this year. I think the team was overly reliant on Drew Timmy on the offensive end of the floor early in the season, and it kind of prevented some of the development from some of those younger guys, which we're starting to see lately. Julian Strother has been on an absolute heater for the last couple of weeks, which has really helped elevate this program. But I do think losing Tommy Lloyd has hurt. You know, he had a lot to do with this team on a daily basis, and you've seen the success he's had at the University of Arizona. Uh, Certainly Randy Bennett and that program at St. Mary's have been phenomenal for many years. But I think this team has taken a step back, but I don't think that it's the beginning of – necessarily a big slide. We'll see how they continue to recruit going forward, but uh, it has been a difficult year. They played a really challenging non-conference schedule, so some of those early season losses, you know, they they got beat around pretty badly by Texas and Purdue, but those teams have been extremely good all season long, and they beat Alabama, the number one team in the country, so it's certainly not all it lost in Spokane, but it has been a, a tougher season than many people were expecting. Yeah, but even even in a tough season, what are we looking at? A four seed, like in a, in, mm-hmm. and that's where I kind of, I say, hey, you know, the grass isn't always greener because you can have maybe right. what isn't a great year by your standards, but still kind of dominate your conference and go into the last weekend with a chance to mm-hmm. win that 11th straight conference championship. Yeah, and I think that that I means that this year they lost to LMU. And I don't know, there's not a lot of other teams that when they lose to a conference opponent, a decent conference opponent in LMU, it's the first time they lost to LMU in Spokane since 1991. Like, that's how dominant this program has been in their conference. If they were to join another conference, a Power 5 conference or the Power 5 plus Big East, they're not going to have 20 years of success against an individual opponent. I mean, there's just no way that that's going to happen. A down year in a power conference, doesn't necessarily mean they don't make the tournament, but do they get a four seed? Probably not. And that's something that they're going to have to weigh that Mark Few and the athletic department there are going to have to seriously consider whether that uh, is, is worth the risk. We're talking to Andy Patton. Uh, he covers Gonzaga basketball. He knows it inside and out. Uh, part of my hesitation for Gonzaga leaving the WCC is, hey, it's been great there. Another part is Mark Few and what happens after Mark Few. Are people talking about what happens to Gonzaga after Few leaves the program eight or ten years from now? Yeah, they are. And I think that, you know, Jay Wright's retirement kind of seemingly suddenly, at least for on the national scale, was, was one that surprised people a little bit. And we've seen some more coaches who are moving on. And, and the, the obviously college basketball has changed so dramatically just in the last few years with the transfer portal and NIL and, and various other things that, we're starting to see some of the older coaches 
maybe move on a little bit sooner than people expected. So it's absolutely a conversation around Gonzaga. And, you know, to go back to the Tommy Lloyd conversation, that was a really nice buffer that Gonzaga fans felt of like, well, hey, if Mark Few does move on, we feel really confident in Tommy Lloyd. That's not there anymore. Tommy's not leaving Arizona to come back to Gonzaga. I don't think that that's going to happen. That would be very shocking if that were to happen. Uh, so there's a there's not a succession plan, and that is – Scary. I don't think that Gonzaga is just going to, you know, revert back to being a completely non-factor in the college basketball landscape when Mark Few is gone. But it's fair for that fear to at least be in the back of people's heads, and certainly the back of the heads of, of you know, Big Twelve, Pac-12, Big East, and the people in, in those conferences who are making these decisions. You know, I'm I'm looking at the Pac-12 conference, and I'm thinking, if Gonzaga does leave the WCC, it just makes too much sense. But I'm being told, Andy, that Gonzaga doesn't want to come as a basketball-only athletic department. They don't want to leave everything else behind. How do you think they fit in the Pac-12, Big 12, Big East, some of the scenarios you've seen and heard about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting element of it because I think a lot of people are just assuming that it would be a basketball-only move and that the WCC would just continue to house the rest of Gonzaga's sports. And I don't know why the WCC would do that. <laughs> like, I don't see a compelling reason for them to say, yeah, we'll keep baseball and soccer and tennis and let you take away the, the biggest moneymaker for our conference. Like, it just doesn't really make sense. So it creates this situation where the rest of Gonzaga's sports, certainly if we're talking about the Big East or the Big 12, would then all of a sudden have to be traveling to, you know, Morgantown, West Virginia, for example, or if they're in the Big East, they're going to D.C., stuff like that. And that's really challenging. The Pac-12 you don't have that as much. Your travel basically is the same, quite honestly. You're going to Oregon a few times. You're going to California a few times. You know, it's, it's not that different. So that's an element that I do think isn't getting talked about enough, but I wonder if those big conferences like Gonzaga's baseball team is good, and I think they can compete in some of those power conferences. They're not going to be the top of the conference like they are on the WCC, but I think they'll be fine. As for some of the other Olympic sports, probably not going to be as competitive, but you know, at the end of the day, from a money-making perspective, from the perspective of the Pac-12, who who would be acquiring Gonzaga for the basketball team, the rest of that stuff, I'm not sure how much that that really moves the needle for the conference or, frankly, for Gonzaga. I think it's a pretty interesting story. Do you get a sense on the timeline for Gonzaga, if they are going to make a move or not make a move? What, where's their window? I think, it's, I, I think people think it's going to be sooner than it actually is. I don't think that this is happening as quickly as maybe the perception is. And certainly, you know, some of these moves have happened quickly. The USC-UCLA thing took a lot of people by surprise. And, and I think that there's this sense that any day now or any, you know, in the next couple of weeks or even this summer that Gonzaga is all of a sudden going to make an announcement that they're jumping to the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or the Big East or whatever. And I think that really it's we're in a preliminary stage where Gonzaga is heavily weighing their options. And at this point, we haven't really heard figures and the financial aspect of this is fascinating because these conferences, you know, with the exception of the Big East, the, the other conferences haven't really accepted a, a non-football member. So what does that look like in terms of their piece of the pie? How much money are they making? Is it actually going to be more than the WCC? Like all of that stuff without having any answers to that or any kind of knowledge of what that's going to look like, it feels to me like we're still a fair ways away from any kind of actual announcement or even really any kind of decision uh, from Gonzaga's athletic department. Gonzaga will host ESPN's College Game Day on Saturday in front of their big matchup later that night in Spokane against St. Mary's. What does that do for the program, for the community, 
Well, you know, in college football, that is a big deal. Yeah, it, it puts the it puts the eyes of the college basketball world on Spokane in a way that I think is necessary for people to really get a sense of what you know what the experience, game day experience is like at Gonzaga because it's unlike anything else. I've been to Pac-12 games. I've been to other uh, you know universities, and it's kind of shocking sometimes, even if they're big games, how different the atmosphere is in Spokane. And obviously, it's a much smaller arena, and that is a whole element of this conversation as well. But I think getting that kind of attention, Gonzaga's on ESPN a lot. They're on CBS a lot. Like, they get a lot of nationally televised games because of that deal that they have with ESPN. But having game day there is a whole different thing, and I think it's really going to accentuate what college basketball at its peak can really look like. Even if neither of these teams are top ten teams in the country right now, this kind of matchup between two really elite programs, two elite coaches, two teams that play a completely different style of basketball – that, to me, is what college basketball is about, and I think game day is going to really showcase what makes Gonzaga basketball so special. The you know the elusive national championship, Mark Few came on this show. He said that's his goal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If he gets one sooner rather than later, do you start wondering, does he pull that Jay Wright? Does he do what Chris Peterson did at Washington and go, hey, I've done everything I can do here. Uh, I'm going to ride off into the sunset. Or is this a guy that you think needs coaching doesn't do anything else, lives it, breathes it, will do it until somebody tells him to go home. I think Mark Few is almost just as passionate about fly fishing as he is about college <laughs> basketball, and that's not to knock his passion for his team. It's to really accentuate how much he loves fly fishing and why he has stayed in Spokane for so long. I think for Mark Few, there's two two things he really wants to accomplish. Obviously, winning a national championship is number one on his list. It's been number one on his list since he took the job in 2000, and it's still number one on his list despite the incredible other accolades that he has accomplished. I also think that bringing this program to another conference may be something that he's you know, invested in, being able to show, like, I single-handedly led this program to national prominence and into a different conference. Like, I don't know how much of a, you know, how high that is on his priority list necessarily, but to me, being able to say you did that, you took this team to a national championship and you took them into, you know, the Big 12, the Big East, the Pac-12, whatever it may be. I think that would be the feather in his cap. And I do think that if that were to happen, I don't think he's going to be coaching for a whole lot longer after that. I think he's going to retire and enjoy his life after that. I really do think that he's sticking around right now primarily to get both of those things done, but at the very least get that national championship out of the way. Andy Patton, Locked on Zags podcast. Andy, I appreciate you giving us your time. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. There he is. Uh, Perspective from uh, the Spokane viewpoint. Coming up uh, later this hour, we'll have our big splash. We're going to talk as well about what San Diego State has done to position itself. And I have a question about robots. That's right. Robots in your household. We'll talk about it coming up. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.